Today is Sunday, November 11th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman, and episode 288 featuring the Boston Herald's Mark Murphy is brought to you by LinkedIn. Hurry now to linkedin.com slash Celtics and receive $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash Celtics to get $50 off your first job post. Today's show also brought to you by The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash Celtics Beat to get 40% off your monthly subscription. That's a subscription for less than $3 a month just by going to theathletic.com slash Celtics Beat. Hello, how are you? I am back. Adam Kaufman here with you, and uh, thanks to Evan Valenti for holding down the fort last couple of weeks while I was fully engulfed in all things baseball, but back at it here with the Celtics, and thanks to Bill Simmons for helping us out with some coverage for this week, and not just the regular game-to-game, actually giving us juicy rumors. That's the that's the stuff that fuels shows, right? I mean, the biggest story of the week, it dropped on Wednesday. Terry Rozier, unhappy with his playing time in the Celtics, will move him soon. That's what the ringers Bill Simmons said, and we do know that he's tapped into NBA circles, follows the C's as closely as anyone. Sham Sharania, the athletic, followed that report with the note that seven teams have been monitoring Rozier's status most aggressively. The Suns, who the Celtics just had that terrific comeback win against, come from behind 22 points to win in overtime. Now, none of this should come as a surprise, most especially to Rozier, of course, with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward healthy, Marcus Smart resigned in the offseason. Rozier has touched on that issue of playing time often, going back to the offseason, preseason, and as recently as just the other day. He's always said the right things about his role and just wanting to make an impact and confronted about the issue, said more of the same pregame in Phoenix on Thursday. I woke up to the news just like how y'all woke up to the news. I don't know where it came from, but uh, I'm happy to be in this position I'm at. I'm playing on a team that's mentioned to be in the championship, uh, to have a chance to be in the championship, so I'm not really worried about what's being said. Danny knows, and that's why he said what he said. I'm not complaining, and if you know me, I've never been the one to complain about I would never go to the media or bring out the unhappy thing. I would never do that. And like I said, people that know me know I wouldn't do that. I've never been a selfish selfish uh, type of person, selfish player. You can tell the way I play. I'm all about team, we, and everything. So everything will be all right. Danny is Danny Ainge, you know that, and as alluded to by Terry, Danny earlier that day was on 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston, told Toucher and Rich much of the same. You know, I talked to Terry quite a bit. I haven't heard any of those types of things, so I don't know how, how reliable any of the the sources or rumors are. Terry hasn't shared any of those with me, and I think he would if he were feeling that way. Terry knew going in this year uh, what his situation what his role was going to be and he was as excited and enthusiastic as anybody on our team for the upcoming season i mean i know for sure that terry would love to be playing more minutes but there's a lot of guys on the team that would be loving to play more minutes but i feel like i have the relationship with terry that he would come to me and talk to me and uh or brad you know if he was really frustrated about a situation and none of that's happened ainge went on to further clarify that This was all made perfectly clear, as I said earlier, and we've all said a bunch of times. We all knew what Terry was coming into, his agent, Terry, us. We've we've discussed it. We preempted all of of this type of thing from happening before the season, but 
so I don't I don't know where any of this stuff is coming from, and I don't know anything about the seven teams that are monitoring it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that just seems sort of stuff that's been made up, or I, I, I don't I can't I don't believe any of it. Put it that way. So no teams have called you about Terry Rozier? Not since the season started. No. Well, let's bring in Mark Murphy. He has covered the season, the NBA, for the Boston Herald for 30 years now. He is the guy who was the most dialed in on everything Marcus Smart this offseason. So, Mark, you were there for Terry Rozier's comments. What was your takeaway? I mean, he said all the right things, as he generally does, but body language, did that suggest anything else? What would you come away feeling? Uh, it's, hard, it's hard to read body language. Uh, I think I think his role has influenced him a little bit i mean you know before all this stuff happened i mean i I had thought to myself well terry may not necessarily be all that happy with what he's doing but he you know he his point is you know you always want to start you you always you know and i think that's something that he's placed a greater importance on uh you saw what it did for him last year i mean some Mm -hmm. guys just just thrive when they're in that role and I think he's one of them but he's you know he's drinking the Kool-Aid so to speak he's not gonna rock the boat about this stuff uh but you know and I think it has affected his play and that's an adjustment he's going through do you believe that he is unhappy that he does want out even though he claims he hasn't expressed that no no I don't think so I don't I don't you know, is he unhappy is a relative term. I don't know how to define that. I mean, he's, would he, you know, like I said, does he wish he had a more prominent role? Absolutely. But he understands. And he's, you know, he, when they were cleaning out their lockers last season, he was saying, ah, you know, Kyrie's coming back and it's Kyrie's team. Um, but, you know, Terry wants to be a star. I think he feels he can be currently and and there's obviously only so many many minutes to go around and and from a distribution standpoint beyond minutes the stats are going to follow one way or the other and his points assists shots they're all around half of what they were when he started last year which makes sense he was playing significantly more but do you think in that as as you said he's kind of trying to find his way is is he having trouble finding his role and fit because honestly it seems like Marcus Morris might be the only guy who's not struggling with that right now and he was the first one after last season ended to actually question is fit on the team yeah and marcus really embraced it i mean marcus went back this uh, i talked to him the other day he he went back this summer he watched film he identified that he had to become a better three-point shooter and you see the result now i mean he's shooting well over 40 percent uh his two his two-point percentage is second best on the team behind horford uh you know he's he's found a way to make himself needed but you know with terry it's going to be tougher to be in that role because he's got you know ahead of him um but i think yeah and terry one thing terry said brad stevens told him you're pressing i I want you to relax a little bit and stop pressing so much and he admits that he's been doing it and i think that might be part of what you see in terms of the guy who doesn't look happy is the guy who's pressing to try and find his shot well, Rozier said going back to the preseason that whatever his role, he just wants to impact the game. Is he someone that, right. and, and you touched on this a little bit already, but is he someone that you think 
has to start, has to play 33, 35 minutes a game as opposed to 22 in order to do that? I, I've always thought that about him, yeah. I mean, it, it was obvious and they could, it was obvious when he did get the opportunity to start last year that he, he would just talk about how great it was, how, you know, he really wants that stage. Uh, he, he does want to shine. And, you know, all that stuff with Bledsoe during the playoffs, I mean, he just feeds <laughs> up that kind of stuff. And you're much better at that if you're a starter. But I, I think it does influence his game. I think when he comes off the bench, he, he he's not – you would think from the way he plays that he might be more of a microwave kind of guy, but I, I don't think he's really that. Was the offseason the best time to move Rozier in terms of getting the best value for him if, in fact, at some point in time they are looking to move him and they're not looking to just play this out and see what happens as a restricted free agent? Uh, the, yeah, there probably would have been a market for him, but – you know, you can understand with Kyrie that you've got to see how he comes back. I mm. mean, they, you know, they would have been perfectly happy starting Rozier, but, you know, you've got to see how Kyrie's health is. And now you've got to see, you know, I mean, it's great that he said he wants to resign here, but, you know, you need that signature. We'll get right back to Mark. I want to tell you, though, today's show brought to you by LinkedIn. The right hire can make a huge impact on your business. That's why it's so important to find the right person. But where do you find that individual? You can try posting on the job boards, but can you really be sure the right person sees your job? Instead, find the right person who will help you grow your business with LinkedIn. As the world's largest professional network, people go to LinkedIn every day to grow professionally and discover job opportunities. 70% of the U.S. workforce is already there. So why not bring your job to them? Seems like a no-brainer, right? I'm there. You should be, too. LinkedIn Jobs matches people to your role based on more of who they really are, their skills, interests, even how open they are to new opportunities. This way, your job gets seen by more of the right people. Hiring the right people can feel impossible. Ask anyone who runs a company how hard it is to find good help growing your business. And nobody is more fit to help you than LinkedIn. LinkedIn's been helping people make connections for years. Now LinkedIn wants to flip the script, so to speak. So hurry now to linkedin.com slash Celtics and get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash Celtics to get $50 off your first job post. linkedin.com slash Celtics. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get back to the show. That's one of the things that I was going to ask you about, too, is, you know, Kyrie Irving, like it or not, has to enter into this conversation because there are still, even despite everything that he has said, and he has been emphatic over the moon about his love for Boston, it seems like a different interview, whether recorded in the past or current, is, is dropping every single day. There are still some whispers, Mark, from people who are waiting for Irving to just kind of change his mind and bolt next summer, despite all of that. Most of those whispers, by the way, are coming out of New York. Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah, right about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well what, it, it, what percentage would you put on the chances that Irving does leave since it does enter this Rosier discussion? That Irving leaves, um, I'll put it at ten percent. So you think it's still? I, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain he's. I'm certain he's going to sign. I mean, and I just say that because things can change. I mean, no, I, I think Kyrie's coming back. I, I, I take him at his word on that stuff. He's he's really gone out on the ledge and committed himself. So oh, it'd be a hell of a thing to walk back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, although that's happened before, you never know. The team the team may not be as good as they thought they were. He may get a little disillusioned. You know, 
One of the things that I can't help but think about, and it's it's just because thinking about Danny Ainge, who you know far better than I do, clearly, it, just how shrewd a GM he is and what we've observed over the years, he typically is not one to let a guy that he likes walk for nothing in return. And that is what he's facing with Rozier as an RFA, unless, of course, they worked out some sort of a sign-and-trade deal. Do you, exactly. With, yeah. Is that something that he's always a few steps ahead, at least. He's always thinking about the future, but he recognizes, I know because he's talked about it, the fact that they're in kind of a funny window right now in that, you know, on the one hand, they still got to compete with the Warriors, who most assume, and they're probably right, are going to go ahead and win this championship. But if the Celts are there, anything can happen. We know that. But in terms of this depth, this roster, the contracts they have with the younger guys right now, having Rozier, having Morris, Tatum and and Brown being more affordable than they will be a, a couple of years from now, it's almost like this year is exceedingly important to the point where it's hard to envision, despite Bill Simmons saying, I think Celtics are moving Rozier soon, it's tough to picture a situation where Ainge looks at it and says, well, whatever. I mean, draft picks are good for us down the road, and and that'll be helpful because you're you're not punting on on a championship, but you're moving a very very important piece. Yes, absolutely. And he's he's very important insurance, as we've already talked about. You know, you're you've also got to see. You know, if you're looking at the overall trade picture, I mean, you you've got to see how that Sacramento pick is going to pan mm-hmm. out. Uh, you know that. Most people believe that the Kings will be right back where they thought they would be, you know, and that the start that they've had is a little, little bit of fool's gold. Mm. But you know, he he's going to have all these assets. I mean, you've got you've got you've got Morris on an expiring contract. You've got they get a lot of pieces, but Morris has made himself so important. I, I mean, it's amazing how he's made himself needed around here. Oh, he's been absolutely terrific. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think Terry will come around too, but you know, I think they, I think they're recognizing this guy has to start. I, I, to your point, I mean that that is obviously better for Terry. That's that's part of his game. He has to be in a starting role. Let's play the game just for fun because I know it's what everybody on on my Twitter feed wonders constantly. What's a reasonable, realistic return for Rozier if, in fact, the Celtics were to try and move him this during this season at some point? Well, um, I think he's a very important part of a package for Anthony Davis. Well, but you can't even do that one until Kyrie Irving has a new deal because of that Rose rule. Exactly. So that's, so that's exactly. not even on the table until next summer. Right. But maybe that's where it is, you know? I mean, he's a, he's a restricted free agent next summer, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that I, I don't think Terry is going to be traded immediately. You know, it's uh, I think he is a long term prospect if you're looking for a deal. Can you, I don't know, envision a situation, whatever it is, that maybe the team is not playing as, as well as it hopes to, although that's that's a, a curious one because it makes Rozier even more important. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to right. picture a situation where right around the trade deadline it might make sense for Danny to move Terry Rozier. And it's it's hard to find that. It is. I mean and I think Kyrie's health and Kyrie has never played a full season. Right. Uh I th- I think I think I think Kyrie's health is a big 
a big asterisk there. I mean, we're we're very early in the season. I just don't think they, I just don't think they're going to trade him on a lark. Well, and like you said too, in terms of him being Irving Insurance, you're not going to find that on the trade market. You're not going to find a guy who no. can come in and do what Terry does in the event that no. something did happen at Kyrie. Right, right. Uh, Terry can come in. He can score. He's a terrific rebounder. I mean, he, he's got a lot of stuff. He, he's kind of a unique player. Well, just for fun, let's flip the script. Do you see a scenario where the Celtics re-sign Rozier and trade Marcus Smart once they have that ability? Sure, I could see that because with Danny, anybody is anybody is trade fodder. I mean, that's what got him into trouble with Ray Allen. Ray right. was tired of Danny using him as bait every year. And finally, when Danny said, we'll give you a no-trade clause, Ray said, no, I'm going to Miami. So, you know, that, that's just who Danny is. You know, this is the guy when he was a player who couldn't believe they didn't trade Bird and McHale. Right. But doesn't it go back so, to that, that whole debate discussion that you and I have probably had in the past? I know I've had it on a billion of these shows, at least did during the off season of, of who's more important, Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart, for what you're looking to do as, uh, uh, you know— Defensive identity first, the fact that if you have Irving, you know, Smart gives you something that Irving doesn't, vice versa. So, Rozier, there's a little bit of redundancy to Irving, which is all well and good right. if Irving gets hurt. But if in a right. perfect world world he's healthy, it it further complicates that debate, obviously. Yeah, I'm a smart guy. I mean, always have been. You know, they started him in place of Tatum, and immediately the defensive energy changed. You know, he, he's, if anything, he's shooting worse than he ever has, you know, but he changes games. I mean, Stevens, Stevens loved it, but what he said was, you know, when you need toughness, where else do you turn? Well, one guy who's been particularly soft, unfortunately, and a lot of that is, is just sort of getting comfortable and working his way back, and you know where I'm going with this. We'll get off of Rozier. Let's talk about Gordon Hayward, because... It shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't surprise anyone, but he has been very up and down in his first action after missing a year and, and more down than up to many. And I know there are a lot of people out there that are concerned about that. On Personally, and I've said this a lot, I never thought he'd be overly impactful out of the gate. I've been kind of a wait-till-February type of person to see where Gordon is, what he looks like mm-hmm. as far as evaluating his role in this team. But looking at it sort of in a vacuum, where we are is, is this – where you thought he would be, or is he behind? No, I don't think he's behind. I mean, you know, as I believe Paul George told him, as Paul George has told other people, and you know, he had his injury was actually worse than Hayward because he broke both bones in his leg. Mm. But you know, it takes a year. You know, it, it's it's going. Gordon is still trying to find a rhythm. I mean, he's rimming out his shots. I mean, I, I think his shot is very close to falling. That part of this game I don't think is going to be a problem. The rest of it is just learning his teammates in chemistry. Uh, you know, they, he'll, he'll move the ball better as he gets more used to these guys. Uh, you know, but he's a, he's a facilitator, so you, what you're going to hear a lot is sort of the same criticisms that you've always heard in Forford, which is, you know, well, we should be getting more stats for our buck, you know. He's not going to be a big stack guy this year. Well, and Brad was even going back to to still preseason or offseason, there was that cautionary tale. I don't remember who it was with, but he did an interview and 
and he referred to Gordon as as the you know the wing Al Horford, which I think made right, a lot of people right. nervous. So wait a minute, you're giving out two max contracts to guys that don't fill out the stat sheet, and that's exactly. the thing though when you have that many talented players on one roster and all the depth that we fawn over with this team, you can only have yeah. one Kyrie Irving really. But right, then I guess people right. look at the Warriors and see the stats that. Steph puts up, the KD puts up, the Thompson puts up, the Draymond right. still finds a way to put up and says, well, why can't they do it right. here? Right, right. Um, they're still trying to figure that part out. It, it's, uh, you know, Hayward's almost playing more of a guard position, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. You know, I mean, you know, he was like a swing forward at, in Utah, but he's, you know, he's more and more out of the wing, but he, but what has to come along with that is his burst. He doesn't have his burst yet. True. If he ever gets it back, you know. So, I mean, that's all. That's part of what I, I honestly believe. It takes a year for someone to come back from an injury like that. One more quick break to tell you today's show brought to you by The Athletic. If you haven't heard about The Athletic by now, you must be living under a rock. These guys have been crushing every element of sports coverage imaginable. Whether you're looking for specific local coverage with beat guys, sports discussed under a national lens, or anything in between, you got to make sure you take a look at The Athletic. No pop-ups, no ads, just high-quality content waiting behind every single click. The Celtics beat, I don't mean this show, I mean their Celtics beat, it's stacked with great writers. Jay King just wrote a great piece about Marcus Smart and how he's handling an emotional year. Jared Weiss used to work for CLNS. He's sometimes on this podcast. Absolutely stacked coverage. You cannot get content like this anywhere else 600 to 750 new articles a week who else is pushing out quality content like that if you haven't signed up yet take advantage of this deal because it's not going to last forever go to theathletic.com slash celtics beat to get 40 percent off your monthly subscription that's a subscription for less than three dollars a month just by going to theathletic.com slash celtics beat jay king jared weiss sam amick sham sharania List goes on and more, all for less than three bucks a month. Are you kidding me? Sign me up and sign yourself up too at theathletic.com slash Celtics Beat. Back to the show. People should remember too, you know, you, you bring up the guard aspect and it's true, which is unique, is different from what he's done in the past. And it directly impacts, or at least indirectly impacts, Terry Rozier because it's not just. Right you know, Irving or Smart that he's competing with minutes for in that backcourt or Jalen when he's there, he's competing with Hayward as well. And so in, right. in, in many ways, right. he should be fortunate to even be at about 23 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these troubles continue if he juggles the starting lineup. They clearly weren't happy with Tatum. And he had so... such a hot start in those those first few or handful of games of the year, too. What's What's happened since then, do you think? He might be pressing. I, I talked to him the other day. I asked him, how are people how are people treating you differently this year? And he said, well, they're not leaving me open anymore. So he's dealing with that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, he, he's proven. Now he has to learn to basically score against that kind of, uh, that kind of defense. But he, you know, he's, he, he's also... I don't think he's been very good defensively this year. No, terrible. Uh, again, uh, terrible on both ends of the floor in Phoenix. But beyond that, yeah. in, in general, the the defense has taken a step back. And that was yeah. Uh, people yeah. were so surprised uh, last year when he was a rookie that he played as well as he did defensively because that was not his reputation coming out of college. 
and then yeah, yeah sort of uh, back to where he was, I guess. Yeah. So, but you know, Jalen's not off to a good start. He's getting there. I mean, he, he's got a lot on his plate because he's taking the big scorer every night. Well, getting back to Hayward, let's let's remove the respect or prestige element and just examine the results of reality of where we are. And it was a question going into the year, and a lot of people kind of laughed at it. But now it's coming up again. Should Hayward be starting right now? Uh, I thought, actually, I had that thought last night. I mean, I, I think that if, if Stevens decides to juggle the lineup, he's the most likely one to go back to the bench. You know, but then there's a little more duplication there with Morris. I mean, Morris, he ha- he might actually be a good fit with Morris because of his passing ability. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that second unit will really spread the floor if you have those two out there. Right, and Rozier as well. So we, well, you alluded to this, especially when it comes to juggling that lineup. How concerned are you with the team's disjointed offense regularly? Or shooting performances. We know it's early in the season, but if this goes on another couple months, it becomes tougher to defend. It, it becomes a part of your identity. Yeah, and you know, Kyrie had to Kyrie had to pull a thirty-nine point game out of his butt, right? Yeah, and it, it, it's just uh, they're too reliant on Kyrie still. So it's it's going to take time. It's a chemistry thing. I mean, Horford, you know, Horford will never be a guy you depend on for scoring. You're on the move, but I appreciate you taking time, getting a lot of, uh, a lot of good insights on what's going on, especially this Terry Rozier situation. We'll see how things play out because there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's a a lot going on, a lot of questions to be answered and, and people, once the winds start to follow, people will settle down. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a brutal road trip. Yeah. Phoenix, who they could barely beat with Softy on the on the list. You know they've got Portland. Uh, yeah, you know it, it's it, it's been um, an interesting schedule so far. They've never had a long. This, most people think this is the longest road trip they can remember in a while, but you know they've uh, they've. It's a little bit of a different. They're they're sort of been being thrown into the fire with the schedule. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Mark Murphy of the Boston Herald, don't want to keep you, but uh, appreciate you hopping on. We'll definitely do it again soon. It's always fun. All right, Adam, thanks. Great stuff from Mark, as usual. Always enjoy talking to him. We'll, as I said to him, we'll definitely do it again as the season moves along because he is tapped in. You know, we always talk about those guys, he and Steve Bullpett, who have been at the Herald and have been on this on the beat, covering the league, covering this team for decades and have that direct line into Danny Ainge. They know things, and that's what we want to bring to this show here. I asked you guys to submit questions on Twitter. You gave me a whole bunch of them. I had planned on getting some of them to Mark for his input. Unfortunately, we didn't quite have time for that, but I will uh, give you some of my impressions anyway. As far as Vinny, question here regarding the crowded lineup and abundance of depth. Is there an argument to be made that this Celtics team can improve by making an addition by subtraction? I guess we kind of hit on that a little bit with Mark, I just think that some of this, a lot of this, was expected. And I don't mean the poor shooting performances or sometimes questioning effort or intensity and does the team, you know, occasionally take a night off, that type of thing. I just mean the examining the depth, how many mouths there are to feed. You know, we talk about that in, in football all the time, the receivers and crowded offense, guys got to eat. Same type of thing, same 
type of mentality, and, and hell, half this show at least was about Terry Rozier and his situation, be it true or and, and we're being lied to or false from Bill Simmons, whatever the case, of course guys want to play more. Whether they're unhappy, quote-unquote, or not is another thing. I don't think you move a guy just to try and thin out your roster and so you have more of a a clear top nine as opposed to top 10 or top 11, that type of thing. Depth's a good thing. Depth is always a good thing. It is a strength, and Boston is as deep as any team in the NBA, especially, you know, right now, you're starting to see it a little bit, like Aaron Baines has been down. Daniel Tice has been down. It puts more pressure on Al Horford. It's given Robert Williams a little bit of an opportunity. God forbid something should happen to Kyrie Irving and or Gordon Hayward again. You're going to all of a sudden be right back where they were last year and saying, boy, this depth is a good thing. It's a good thing we have these guys. So I don't think, especially this early, Danny Ainge, historically, I don't believe has ever made a trade this early in the season. Definitely not one of significance. So you don't do it just to do it and hope that it improves things. You hope that your lineup starts to gel and figure it out and guys get on the same page a little bit. So uh, to that same end, a question from Mr. Vincenzi. Vincenzi, will the Celtics attempt to get under the luxury tax this season with the future repeater tax looming? They have shown no sign of that whatsoever. They seem very happy, very content with the roster, and uh, borderline eager to pay when it comes time, as long as they have the right bodies and the right guys in the mix that they're excited about. And I think that holds true, at least as we talk right now. From Boomer, who's underperformed the most this season, who has exceeded expectations? Well, I think the clear exceeded expectations is Marcus Morris and what he has done in a role that was coming into the year from his mouth. Very unclear. Wasn't sure where he fit in with guys coming back, Hayward being healthy, and he has arguably been the MVP of this team to this point in the year on a consistent basis in terms of being dependable, being reliable. Remember, as good as Kyrie Irving has been since he got a haircut, he was not that guy early on this season. Morris really has been out of the gate. He's had like one bad game so far or or iffy game so far. So I think he would be your guy right there. As far as underperforming, I mean, unfortunately, there are a lot of candidates. Horford, and this taps into Antonio's question, what's going on without Horford shooting, not just threes, is me or is he missing a lot of shots this year than he normally hits? It's hurting the offense. Well, Al Horford is shooting as poorly as he ever has in his career, period. From the field, Mark touted the the two-point percentage, whatever the hell it is, with Horford. But it's, on the whole, he has not been what he was last year, or even the year before that, when some people who don't pay as close attention were a little frustrated with his performances. So uh, I can only imagine how those guys feel right now in looking at him. It has not been pretty. I think he, for what you need him to be for this team would probably be number one. I know some people hear that question might instantly be thinking Jason Tatum. I don't think Tatum is the guy who's underperformed the most this season because my expectations for him coming into this year weren't what most people's were. You know, I didn't think he was going to average 20 points or even 18 points. I figured he's going to fit in. And yeah, you'd like to see him shoot better again overall and from three and be more like he was last year on both ends of the floor, have more of that defense. Jalen Brown entered that conversation for underperformances the first long stretch of uh, uh, of the season, save for the last few games, he's improved at this point. But, you know, Tatum, I just think that numbers-wise, this is around what he's going to be this year. The guy's going to average 15, 16 points. He may give you a couple more rebounds than he did as a rookie. To me, it's Horford. 
All right, that's about all the time we have. Appreciate the questions. We'll try and get even more of them in next week. It's good to be back after a couple-week absence. Apologize for that. I was in full baseball mode, traveling around, covering the Red Sox. Humble brag, right? It was a good time. Hopefully you saw some of the CLNS videos I did with Trags out there at the World Series and at Fenway and all that stuff. But for those of you dialed in, devoted to the Celtics, which I imagine is all of you because you're listening to Celtics Beat, we will be back in with full steam ahead going forward. It's it's going to be a good time as this team starts to really ramp up. Once again, today's show brought to you by LinkedIn. Hurry now to LinkedIn.com slash Celtics. Receive $50 off your first job post. That's LinkedIn.com slash Celtics to get $50 off your first job post. Today's show also brought to you by The Athletic. Go to TheAthletic.com slash Celtics Beat to get 40% off your monthly subscription. That's a subscription for less than $3 a month just by going to theathletic.com slash Celticspeak. Thanks to my producer, Evan Valenti. Of course, thanks to Mark Murphy once again, to Nick, to Larry, to John, everybody at CLNS Media. And as I always say, thanks mostly to you. Subscribe if you haven't already. If you're just checking us out for the first time on Twitter or something like that, you can go to iTunes, subscribe to Celtics Beat, search, leave a comment. Five-star ratings always appreciated. You can find us and subscribe on Stitcher. We're everywhere because so are the Celtics. That's what happens when you're good. Play us out, Gino.